Hey, you guys, welcome to today's episode of the Smart Productive Mom podcast. Today, we are talking about seven life changing habits of highly productive moms. And this topic is important to me because I talk to a lot of moms who are juggling so many responsibilities and they're wondering how they're supposed to do it all. And then they feel bad because they feel like they're not doing everything that they should be doing. And I want to break that stereotype that you have to be doing all of these things in order to be considered a good mom, and I did that in air quotes, or to be considered productive. You don't have to do a ton of things every single day. You are not a robot. You require rest and that is okay. And a disclaimer before we get into this episode, even though I will be sharing with you seven habits of highly productive moms, this isn't something that you should think that you should be doing. These are habits that if you want to, you can try to incorporate into your routine if you think it'll be helpful for you. But so many of us fall into the trap of doing things just because we think we should be doing them. For instance, waking up at 5 a.m. That's not for everybody and that's okay. You don't have to wake up at 5 a.m. to be productive. You don't have to wake up before your kids wake up. You can still get plenty done throughout the day. Of course, it may be a little more difficult to get it done, but if you're awake at 5 a.m. and your brain isn't even functioning properly because you're exhausted, then there's really no point in waking up that early if it's not going to help you be more productive. So that was my disclaimer. These are just ideas of habits you can consider adding into your routine, but don't try to hold yourself to the standard of thinking these are things you should be doing in order to be a productive mom. All right, let's hop into today's episode. Welcome to the Smart Productive Mom podcast, where I give you toe curling tips and spine tingling strategies to help you be more productive and present without stressing about housework. My name is Lucretia, and I know what it's like to do laundry with the baby strapped to your chest or use the bathroom while your toddler tells you about their day, even though you've been together all day. I'm spilling all the tea on how to take the overwhelm out of motherhood, so let's dive into all the juicy goodness. The first habit of highly productive moms is that they have clear goals. It's hard to get anywhere when you're not clear on where you're going. So many of us are going through life without a clear vision of how we even want our lives to be. We don't take the time to sit down and actually write out what we envision for ourselves. For many of us, all we know is that we want some type of balance. We want to be able to juggle all of our responsibilities, but we don't have a clear idea of what that even looks like. So we're going after this facade of what we see on TV and what we see on social media, thinking our lives are supposed to be similar to that, when in reality, we're not even sure what we want our own lives to look like. So take the time to sit down and write down what your dream life 
would look like. And that way you can work backwards from that vision. Once you know what your actual priorities are, which is on that list of what you want your life to look like, choose the one that's the highest priority that'll have the greatest impact and create your 90-day goal from there. I like creating 90-day goals because first of all, a year is an insanely long time and so much can happen throughout the span of a year. 90 days, it's like a sprint. You can just stay focused on that goal and then you can break that 90-day goal down into your monthly goals and then from those monthly goals, You can break those down into weekly goals and then your daily goals. And the thing to keep in mind when you are breaking down your goals into these bite-sized tasks is that you want these tasks to be very actionable to where it makes it hard to not accomplish your goal. So if you want to generate more revenue in your business, then every single day you should be doing some type of revenue generating activity. So at the end of your 90 days, it would be very hard for you to have not succeeded. So whether that is sending more sales emails or if that is hosting a paid workshop every month you need to be doing something that is very actionable so that it will make it hard for you to not accomplish that goal if you want to create a cleaning routine then every day set a timer for 20 minutes and clean something. And this will help you figure out what type of cleaning routine would work for you, which areas of your house require more time for you to be cleaning. And that way you're not just using a cleaning routine that you find online that may not work for you. This way you're able to customize it to your energy levels and to what your house requires. And once you have your 90-day goal, another strategy to help you implement those goals is to have accountability. So announce those goals to anyone who will listen. Don't be afraid to tell people your goal because you're afraid that you'll fail. If you create your cleaning routine in 180 days instead of 90 days, who cares? You've accomplished it just a little bit later. You still get the reward of accomplishing the goal and creating your cleaning routine or generating more revenue in your business. It doesn't matter if you accomplish it in the 90 days or if it takes you longer. As long as you stay persistent and accomplish it eventually, then that's all that matters. So don't be afraid to tell people your goals because that accountability has actually been shown to help you increase your chances of accomplishing the goal, which is why so many people will hire a personal trainer to help them work out. And just so you can get an idea of how much of an impact accountability has on accomplishing your goals, the American Society of Training and Development did a study on accountability. And what they found is that you have a 65% chance of completing a goal if you commit to someone. So a 65% chance of completing that goal if you have some sort of accountability. But if you have a specific accountability appointment, so for instance, your personal trainer, or if you have an accountability coach or someone that you're working with one-on-one to hold you accountable for accomplishing your goals, then 
you increase your chances of success by up to 95%. So accountability is huge. Don't be afraid to tell people your goals and don't be afraid to get some type of accountability buddy or a coach that can help you stay accountable, stay clear on your vision. They can hold the vision for you whenever you're feeling discouraged. They'll remind you of what it is you're working towards and what you're trying to accomplish so you can actually get it done. And when you're setting your goals, don't be afraid to make stretch goals. Don't be afraid of failing. And so you keep your goal very simple, something you know you can accomplish because that's not pushing you to be better at all. If you have a goal that you are confident you're going to accomplish, then make it a little more interesting. Make it a little more difficult for you. Give yourself something to work towards. You don't want to accomplish your goal and then it's just like, well, duh, of course I accomplished it. Make yourself work towards something and give yourself a challenge. And don't be afraid to fail. Failure isn't a reflection of you as a person. Failure is just giving you information on what you can do differently the next time so that you can actually succeed at that goal. So don't make the failure mean anything about you that you can't stay consistent or that you suck at cleaning or anything like that. It doesn't have to mean anything about you as a person. It just means that you didn't succeed this time but you are going to keep fighting. You know what you need to work on. You know what went wrong and what worked and that way you can improve that and then you will actually see success. Let's move on to habit number two of highly productive moms and that is that they have systems and processes for getting things accomplished. They aren't just leaving it up to, you know, whatever happens, happens. They know the system for how they want things to happen. And honestly, you probably already have a lot of systems for how you do things. And your systems are just a series of steps that you take to get something done. That could be whenever you clean the kitchen. Your system could be putting the dishes in the dishwasher cleaning out the sink, spraying off the countertops and cleaning those, sweeping the floor, and then mopping. That is a system. That is your series of action steps that you do pretty much every time you clean the kitchen. These systems will help you implement your goals even easier because now that you know your goal, you can create a system, which is your series of action steps for getting that goal accomplished. So if your 90-day goal is to be consistent with your meal planning routine, then create your meal planning system. So that could be finding all of your recipes and planning out your meals on one day. The next day, you can go grocery shopping for those items. And then the next day, you can prep whatever veggies or anything that you can prep in advance so that you're not spending a lot of time throughout the week preparing meals. You'll already have a bulk of it completed and so whenever it's time to cook that meal it'll be super simple for you and you can increase your chances of seeing success with your meal planning routine because you have this effective system in place that takes the guesswork out of what you should be doing and planning in advance helps you 
simplify the routine because you've already done most of the heavy lifting. So throughout the week when there's a lot going on, it's easier to stick to this meal plan because you have a quick meal that's pretty much prepared for you to already cook. So your goal is the what you are trying to accomplish and the system is how you are going to accomplish it. And that is just by listing out your series of action steps that will help you get closer to this goal and make it easier for you to implement. One system that I have that has made life easier is my weekly planning routine. And so this system kind of changes from time to time, which is expected with your system because you're perfecting it as you go along. Keep that in mind as well that the first time you do it, it may not be perfect and that's fine. The more you do it, the easier it'll get and then you'll find even more ways to simplify that system so that it continues to get easier and easier for you. With my weekly planning system, this includes reviewing how I spent my time the previous week so that I know what my time wasters are and Time wasters don't have to be a bad thing. They're only bad when you don't realize that you're doing them and you don't realize how much time you're actually wasting. So it's good to schedule in those time wasters so that you're more conscious of them and you don't look back on your week and realize that you spent a lot of time on Facebook and a lot of time watching Netflix. Instead, go ahead and schedule in those time wasters if that's how you spend your downtime, then just be conscious of that so you can plan it into your day. I review my week and I realize what I spent a lot of time doing and then I make note of what went well so I can do more of that. So basically you're doing more of what works and less of what doesn't work and a good way to know what's working and what's not working is to assess your time so just pull up like a your google calendar or whatever calendar you use and keep track of how you're spending your time and how much time you're spending on different tasks so if you clean the kitchen set a timer whenever you're done cleaning stop the timer and go to your calendar and put in that time frame that you clean the kitchen. And then when you move on to the next task, start your timer for that. When you're done, stop the timer. And you'll just continue to do that all throughout the day. Do that for however many days you can. You'd probably like to do it for about a week or so, just so you can get a feel for how you're spending your time for the entire week and not just based off of one day. So once I do my review and I know how I was spending my time, what worked, what didn't work, then I'll go into my brain dump and that's where I just spend about 10 or so minutes writing down everything I want to get done for the week. So any appointments, anything I've been wanting to get done but haven't got to it yet, just get all of those little tornadoes out of your head, write them down and once you've gotten them all written down, then you can prioritize them based on four different categories are what I like to use. And that is the must do task, the should do task, the want to do task, and then the delegate task. With those, you're good. you can just put like an A, B, C, or D. So your A's are your must do, your B are your should do, your C's are what you want to do, 
and your D's are what you can delegate to someone else so you don't have to worry about doing them at all. And once you've got your list prioritized, then you'll move on to deciding your most important goal for the week. So this is something if you've just got this one thing done that'll move you a step closer to your 90 day goal, then you'll be happy with only getting that one thing done throughout the week. So decide that most important goal for your entire week. And then from there, you can go ahead and list your other goals by, you know, your A priorities, your B priorities, your C priorities, and then anything you can delegate that you don't have to worry about at all. And for each category, I don't like to have, well, except the delegate category can have however much I want it to have. But for my A, my A, B, and C task categories, I don't like to have more than four tasks in those categories. So now that you have your task for the week prioritized, now you can make your time blocks. And I like to do my time blocks in three hour chunks. Sorry, I just hit my mic if you heard that. I like to do my time blocks in three hour chunks. So I will just do like an early morning, late morning, early afternoon, late afternoon, early evening, late evening. So I will do those. So my early morning is from five till eight and then eight till 11 and so forward until I get to the evening. So they're all in three hour chunks of time. And that way, instead of trying to figure out how to arrange my time for the entire day, I can just work on optimizing each three hour chunk of time to fit my energy levels and what is going on around the house during that day. So if I realize that I would like to clean the kitchen at nap time, but my daughter decides to stop taking a nap, which she hasn't been taking a nap in a few days, then I can just optimize that nap time block now for her to not have a nap and move cleaning the kitchen to some other time throughout the day. So figure out what systems you can implement to help you accomplish your goal. Break that goal down into a set of simple, actionable steps that you could literally just write down and write them down as if you were telling someone else to do them. That way you're super specific and there's nothing left up to debate or to question because that is what wastes a lot of time as well. Whenever we don't know what we should be doing, then that's when we start feeling overwhelmed because we're thinking of all the these things that we should be doing instead of having just a set of actionable steps that we can just get done and be finished with it. The third habit of highly productive moms is that they plan their day effectively. So now that you know your goal, you have your systems in place, you've blocked out your time, now you need to make sure that you actually look at those time blocks every single morning. So that means getting up, looking at what you have scheduled for the day, and keep in mind that you are going to plan out your day the night before. So that means you know what you need to get done for the next day, the night before, and you can go ahead and do some of the prep work for that. So if you wanna go to the gym, then go ahead and get your gym clothes out, set them out somewhere where you'll see them, make sure you know where your keys are, 
you do all of that stuff the night before just like when you were in school I know when we were when I was in school I would have to set out all of my school clothes the night before so in the morning we weren't rushing to figure out what we wanted to wear or trying to find a shirt that is in the dirty clothes basket or something like that every evening we would have to go ahead and plan out for the next day so we weren't rushing around trying to figure out what to do. Having your time blocks will help you realize what you can actually get done in a day so that you no longer feel like you're trying to do it all or whatever the saying is. You can actually just focus on what is moving the needle, what you really need to get done to accomplish whatever goal you have set for yourself. So this will cut out all of those unnecessary tasks for you because you've narrowed down what you're trying to accomplish and now you know your systems and your action steps so that you can just focus on those and whenever you are doing things, you always focus on the outcome of that task so you know exactly why you're doing it. So that means whenever you go in to cook dinner, you know that when you leave the kitchen, you're gonna have a meal prepared, right? So a lot of us just do things and there's no outcome. Like right when we sit down to scroll through Facebook, there's no outcome for that. And that's why we feel depleted and drained because we didn't get anything done. There was, we didn't focus on the outcome of the task. So before you do anything, make sure you know why you're doing it and what the result will be from you doing that task. Habit number four of highly productive moms is that they practice mindfulness. Practicing mindfulness just simply means being aware of yourself, being aware of what you're feeling, being aware of what you're doing. You're not just reacting to things. You are thinking things through. You're getting a sense of everything around you. And practicing mindfulness as a mom especially is so important because, you know, our kids, they know how to get under our skin. They know exactly what to do to just irritate us. And if we let that irritation consume us, then we yell at them and then we feel bad for yelling at them. So it's important to have some type of mindfulness practice where you can just ground yourself, get control over your actions so that way you're not exploding and then feeling guilty about it later. When you practice mindfulness, it'll help you know that you're not in competition with anyone else. It'll remind you that all of this social media stuff is just a facade. It is not the bar that you're trying to reach. It's just all for show. So you won't feel like you are trying to keep up with the Joneses. You won't feel like you are you have to do what this person is doing because they're getting so much done and you're not getting nearly as much done. So now you feel like crap because how are they able to do all of this and you're just barely keeping your head above water? When you practice mindfulness, you'll be in that state of awareness that you are you and you are doing what you are meant to do. And you also have to be mindful of the company that you keep. If you are surrounded by people that are bringing you down, making you angry, kicking you while you're down, that is not the type of company you want to keep. And that will continue to make you feel stuck and keep you from reaching your full potential. So you want to surround yourself by other like-minded individuals who are trying to 
get to where you are going. And when you surround yourself with other like-minded individuals, you may realize that your mindset needs some work. So this will encourage you to develop a growth mindset where you see everything as an exciting challenge to tackle. You're not afraid of failing or coming up short because for you, that failure doesn't reflect anything about you. It just means that it's an opportunity for you to grow and learn and do better as a person. And when you grow and learn as a person, you may realize some behaviors that you have that you didn't even realize you have, such as blaming others for your shortcomings or blaming your circumstances for why you haven't seen success with certain things, when in reality, you are in control of what is going on. Therefore, you can change your circumstance. You can change who you're around. It's not anyone else's fault because you are in control of your environment. So to maximize your results, you have to maximize your environment. And that means holding yourself accountable for your actions and not making it mean anything negative about you. Just being accountable and realizing that there's always room for improvement and room for growth as a person. So let's move on to habit five of highly productive moms. And that is waking up before their kids or staying up later than their kids, depending on if you're a morning person or a night person. Because believe it or not, everyone doesn't want to wake up at 5 a.m. Everyone isn't a morning person who thrives being up super early in the morning. And if that's not you, that's okay. But having some time alone to get things done or to just relax and take a breather is very important because resting is also a great way to help your productivity since you are not a robot your body does require rest and that way you can build up more energy to get more things done so don't try to force yourself to wake up at 5 a.m or 4 a.m or whatever is trending just focus on your energy levels, listen to your body. If you try to wake up super early and you realize that it's just not working for you, then don't do it. And especially if I know like my toddler, she still wakes up a couple of times throughout the night. And so I don't wake up at 5 a.m. anymore because my brain was in such a fog when I would get up that I wasn't even getting things done. I wasn't very effective. So there was no point in getting up if I was just going to have to redo what I did that morning later on in the day because I just did a very crappy job at it because my brain wasn't functioning yet. So decide whether you want to wake up earlier or go to bed later or if you could have like childcare throughout the day, that would be great as well because you wouldn't really have to worry about waking up earlier or going to bed later because you can just do things throughout the day. As long as you know exactly what you need to get done while you have the childcare, then you can get a lot accomplished during that time. So you can still feel present with your family and not worry about everything else you need to get done. Habit six of highly productive moms is that they don't feel guilty for making time for themselves. They realize that being the glue of their family means that they need to be functioning on all cylinders. And with that comes taking time to rest, 
recharge your battery, reset, whatever it may be, but they know that them being on their A game is important to the scheme of how their family functions. A few things that I do for myself to bring joy and happiness for me as a person, not being a wife and mom, is this business. I love doing this, recording these podcast episodes, creating products that I know will help my audience, sending emails to them, chit-chatting with them in the Facebook group. Like all of those things related to my business bring me happiness. They help me fill my cup and they help me feel rewarded. So find something that you enjoy doing that will help you make time for yourself and recharge your battery because that is so important and you shouldn't feel guilty about it because when you aren't on your A-game, everything starts to crumble unless you have, you know, that strong support system in place that can pick everything up before it falls. But if you're not on your A-game, a lot of the times dinner may not get cooked the house may not get cleaned, the kids are begging for your attention and you just don't have the energy to even function right now. So you're not feeling like you're a good mom. So then you feel guilty because you feel like a crappy mom. It just all crumbles. So making time for yourself is so important for the well-being of yourself and your family. And making time for yourself should be non-negotiable. That should be very high on your priority list since it affects so many things. I will tell my husband like, hey, I'm going to take a bath and do my face mask and all that self-care stuff. I'm going to do it at 6 p.m. So whatever you need to do, You need to be doing it now because at six, I'm going to be locking myself away in the bathroom with some good music or a podcast and I will be completely unavailable only for emergencies, which there should be none. So do whatever you need to do. But at six, I'm out of here. Make time for yourself. Become a priority. Don't feel guilty about it. Figure out what makes you happy, what recharges your battery, what will make you a better person, wife, mom, whatever it may be. Do more of that so you can be less stressed and feel more complete and fulfilled and happy with your life. And habit number seven of highly productive moms is that they limit procrastination. You can't limit procrastination if you don't know how you procrastinate, which takes us back to, I think it was in step two, where we talked about creating your systems. You have to know how you're spending your time so you can limit your time wasters. But for a lot of us, we do have an idea of our time wasters. Many of us, it may be social media or Netflix. I think those may be the two biggest time wasters. So figure out how you can limit those times. You don't have to completely eliminate the time wasters. Just limit them. Plan them into your day. On my phone, I have my app limit. It's set for an hour a day for social media. So that means for all of my social media apps, that's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I think those are like the three that I, I don't even really use Instagram. It's mainly Facebook and TikTok. So I have an hour a day to look at those. So I know that I have to use them sparingly. Whatever time wasters you have, figure out a way to keep them in check. I know 
yesterday I felt like I was sitting on the couch a lot. So I told, and it was three o'clock and I told myself, don't sit down until five. So I got up, I cleaned the kitchen, I did some laundry. I got a lot done because I told myself I wasn't going to sit down for two hours. I was just going to be up getting things done. Right now I'm in the middle of watching Firefly Lane on Netflix and I had got caught up binge watching that and instead of getting things done, I was just chilling on the couch. So I was like, hey, okay, we've been watching way too much TV today get things done. I told myself I wasn't going to sit down for two hours and I didn't sit down. I held myself accountable. I didn't sit down and I got a lot done. Another procrastination pitfall that you may fall into is perfectionism. So it's important to realize when you're giving yourself grace versus when you are making excuses for yourself. So whenever you are giving yourself grace, you know that you may not get things done perfectly but you are still going to get it done and you can perfect it over time. But when you are making excuses for yourself, you are letting the perfectionism hold you back. And I see this a lot too, like when people say you want to lose weight, you're like, okay, I'll start that diet on Monday. I need to do this and I need to do this. Like, no sis, just start the diet. You don't have to do it perfectly from day one right out of the gate. Just go ahead and start and perfect it over time. That is an excuse. So whatever excuses you're making, it's important to realize that they're an excuse because you can't improve yourself until you realize what you're doing unintentionally to hold yourself back. All right, guys. So those are the seven life-changing habits of highly productive moms. And I will go through them one more time very quickly for you. Habit number one is they have clear goals. Habit number two is that they have simple systems in place to help them accomplish those goals. Habit number three is they plan their day effectively and they look at that plan every single morning so they know exactly what every single day has in store. Habit number four is they practice mindfulness so that they aren't exploding on everyone because they've kept everything bottled up. They have self-awareness and they know how they're feeling and they are aware of their surroundings and that way they can regroup before they explode. Habit number five is they either wake up before their kids or stay up after they go to bed so that way they can have some type of alone time during the day to get things done. Habit number six is that they make time for themselves without guilt. And if you are interested in making time for yourself without guilt, listen to last week's episode where we talk exactly about strategies on how you can make more time for yourself as a busy mom. And then habit number seven is that they limit procrastination. So they know their procrastination pitfalls and they are implementing strategies to help limit the procrastination. So those are the seven habits of highly productive moms. And I will see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Smart Productive Mom podcast. If you found this information helpful, please consider leaving me a review on iTunes so more moms can find this show. And if you want to connect with me in between episodes, make sure you join the Smart Productive Mom Facebook group. I can't wait to talk to you over there. See you on the next episode.